Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Welcome to another edition of Booty and Barbeau. I am Rachel Barbeau. He is Josh Booty. This is... This amazing podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one destination for professionals when it comes to podcasting, anything and everything you want, you can find it here. Uh, all right, Josh Booty, how you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great, sweetie, and we are back for another week. Uh, of course, LSU's got an off week this, uh, this week and then play Utah State at home next week, but when you talk about getting through four weeks of the football season it's already gone by so fast the first month and it's been a it's been a real uh, joy to watch what LSU's been able to do but there's so many storylines around the country and so many things are happening but I, I know you take a special interest in LSU as well because we do the show every week and of course the mm-hmm. conference the SEC there's just so many great teams and there's been some great moments already so this has been fun you know, I heard a, a a conversation earlier this week, a caller called in to our friend Matt Muscana there in Baton Rouge and asked him, like literally had the nerve to ask him, should LSU slow down this offense? And I'm like, what, 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 yeah. like, what are you, what, why would somebody even ask that, Josh? I think they're just not used to it. And then they think that there's some holes in it. When you watch a lot of the teams and, you know, when you watch teams like Washington State or Oklahoma State or West Virginia in the past, I'm just to name a few, it's hard to win them all because their defense is on the field a ton. And I'm sure people are a little bit concerned now, which is crazy because you can't you can't please everyone, right? So the fans for the last decade or two have been talking about, why can't we speed up the offense? Why can't we play, you know, fast break offense why can't we get it up the yard and and make the throw all the throws that we need to make and play from behind and all those types of things and now we're hearing you know rumbles of are we scoring too fast there's still question marks out there can we withstand this through a full season you know can we do this and beat good really really good defensive teams and and um you know i think that's the question mark but it it, it does sound crazy because after four games we have scored the most points by an SEC school in first four games of a season in the history of college football, in the history of the SEC, sorry, 231. I think Alabama has scored 200. So we're on pace to set some amazing records. It's a fun offense to watch, but it does throw our defense out there on the field in different situations. And 
A lot of times they don't have a lot of time on the bench to sit over there and prepare for uh, the next drive defensively um, and to stop somebody. So it is a different ball game we're watching. Uh, Joel Klatt, you know him, you've worked with him. Mm -hmm. I've worked in and around him as well, interviewed him on Sirius XM. He is known, Josh, to make uh, inflammatory statements, to make uh, bold statements. He's he is uh, certainly somebody um, uh, that doesn't always say the nicest things about the SEC, and that's okay. That's sure. neither here nor there in this conversation. But he has recently talked about Alabama, obviously uh, being uh, at the top, uh, if not near the top, but at the top. Uh, and then also in on his Wednesday episode this week of Lock It In, uh, he said that he thinks the LSU Tigers and their revamped offense have the chance to beat Alabama and win the SEC. And this is his quote, I love LSU. I think LSU has a chance in the SEC because they can score. Alabama seems to have trouble when they get into shootouts. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, you talked about some of the stats. LSU leading the country in points per game, averaging 57.8 points per contest. Wow. Alabama is number six, averaging an even 50 points per game. And we know, again, the game of the century, the showdown of the century, whatever you want to call it. What was the last time that LSU won in Tuscaloosa? I think it was 2011. Yep. Uh, so, so many ways to break this down. But but first, how big of, a, of an impact does it make playing in Tuscaloosa versus LSU with this different LSU team? Yeah, you know, it is it is a different team. Last time we won there, it was 9-6 to six in a field goal game, and it was a field possession game and, uh, you know, a defensive ball game and a kicking game. And, uh, you know, it, it's just a, both teams are playing at a, at a high, 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 extremely high level, uh, high-octane octane offenses. Tua has not thrown a pick all year, I think, in 17 touchdowns or 18. Burroughs got 18 and a couple of picks. I mean – both receiving groups are probably two of the best three in the country. You'd have to put Clemson up there because they've got a couple of first round potential receivers, but, you know, across the board offensively, we put so much pressure on defenses and so does Bama. And that's why I think, I don't think either defense can hang with the skill position players that we have on offense. And that's why we're scoring 50 plus points a game. And, and our defense is now vulnerable because, you know, teams have to play a different way against us. And we were about to talk about a little bit a minute ago, but, you know, when you score at such a rate, the opposing team has to try to answer the bell and they've got to play. They've got to throw the ball. They've got to get it up the yard. They've got to try to play with you. They, they come out of their run game and maybe throw a little bit more. So your defense and defensive backfield, especially as you know, there's a lot of situations that happen in a game when you're down 14 or you're up 14 and, you know, the game changes a little bit where, it, you know, now it, it is a secondary type of game. And it's how, you know, pin your ears back and rush, rush the passer because you get you know, one sided on offense. So there's a lot of things that can happen during a football game. But now both teams are very, very similar. These two teams, Alabama and LSU. And I feel like stacking up man for man, you know, home field advantage is huge. They're going to be in Tuscaloosa. But I think we have a fighting chance this year. And in the past, They've just been way better than us on offense. Now we've we've caught them off on offense. Now I think it's going to be one of those shootout games where you know either team could win. But I you know I still think that Alabama, uh, you know, at home is going to be of course the favorite and uh, should win the game because they're at home. And and of course they 
best team in college football, I think. I, I think they're better than Clemson this year, and I hadn't seen as much out of Clemson as I have Alabama. So, this, you know, these next couple months are going to be huge for, for both schools, but Alabama is going to have uh, a little bit more of an edge because that game's at home. Yeah, and you know Alabama certainly youth on the uh, the defensive side of the ball, and and you talk about the maturation of LSU's offense. Um, again, Joel Klatt being mm-hmm. absolutely correct when he talks about shootouts, that's not something that it's lent itself. Listen, Alabama, but let's go back and just be real. Alabama's uh, mantra is like a boa constrictor, right? So they might start mm-hmm. a little slow, but by the end of it, they've choked the life out of you. Uh, you. You're down there celebrating a first down and a touchdown in the first quarter, and then by the fourth quarter, you know, you, you're done. You're dead. You're out of breath. They've <laughs> they've choked the the absolute life out of you. you. You aren't celebrating first downs anymore. You're just basically trying to get your hands off your hips and, and continue to play in the game because yeah. they stepped on your throat and crushed your trachea. Mm-hmm. I don't know that 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 mo will work with this year's LSU team. I just don't know, Josh. I just think if we can continue to score at such a pace, I think if we can, you know, if we can, a last game we scored seven touchdowns in the passing game, and none of them, none of them, none of the drives were over two minutes and eleven seconds. So I mean, we're scoring at at a, just a record pace. I mean, it's a fast break pace. And if we're able to do that, it might get Alabama a little bit out of its ball, you know, out of its game. And Alabama's not used to being scored on. I mean, they really aren't. Now, yeah. I think that's why the national media has taken notice. And a guy like Joel Klein, who, yeah, buddy of mine for a long time, and he's saying, he's sitting back there going, you know what? Alabama might not be good in shootouts. They're not used to dealing with that. Clemson did it to them last year in the, in, in the national championship game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, they they ran up and down the field on them, and Alabama got behind, and they didn't know how to play from behind. They just don't they don't have to play from behind that often. And and you know they have such a dynamic offense that they're you know if they're clicking, they can hang with anybody. I mean, they could hang with the Miami Dolphins. They're so good. So you know, it just depends on how that thing kind of opens up at the beginning of the of the game, especially on the road for the LSU Tigers because of fan noise and you know, the prestige of playing there in Tuscaloosa. And, and like you said, they don't lose. They knock you down and they knock you down over and over and over. And Alabama's known for that. But LSU's got the athletes, I think, this year to stay with them offensively. I don't think our defense is quite as good as theirs, but I think we can stay with them offensively. And if a couple things happen, watch out. You know, LSU could get them. All right, we've been talking so much about the offense this year. Josh, uh, Dave Aranda and the defense, how would you sum up what they have done this year so far, considering the injuries they've had? Yeah, they've had a couple real big injuries up front, and we talked about it last week. Lawrence, Rashad Lawrence and Glenn Logan, the defensive line guys that we've got in the middle, it's set in the middle, and and a couple of the edge rushers, Chase on, has been hurt and banged up a little bit. I mean, Three of our four guys that started on the defensive line have not really played significant minutes the last few weeks. And so, you know, I think it's getting those guys back and healthy, number one. And then when those guys aren't in there or those guys do come back, it's those mistakes that we're making on the defensive line. Uh, Arendt and Orgeron mentioned in press conferences last couple weeks that, you know, we've had some gap mistakes on the defensive line. We're young, we're a little careless. Um, you know, we got to step up our game. I think that's where, you know, you, you've got to play as a team, as a unit. And if one guy makes a mistake and opens up a gap for the offense, they can, 
you know, if you're playing against a good team that can, uh, that can hurt you, then like a Texas, you know, or like some of these teams we're about to play, you've got to play sound on defense. That's the bottom line. I think Aranda and company, he'll be glad to get those guys back, but they've got to play more sound on defense or it's going to become more and more difficult for us to win games and to stop teams. And, and, and they are going to be shootouts if we don't control that up front. Josh, when you look at this this LSU team and, and you say, okay, let's uh, for for the off week, what do you think from an outsider's perspective? You're a coach yourself. Uh, you obviously mm-hmm. have been the signal caller for LSU going into the off week, light practices, uh, hoping to get guys back. Very, very positive. This LSU team does not seem like at this point that they have read the press press clippings on themselves. You got Joe Burrow, a guy who is uh, who is cool, calm, and collected. I know the backup quarterback, uh, a little bit of an injury there. They expect yeah. to get him back. Uh, but but going into the off week, what is like the, the top three things you want to get accomplished in the off week? I love this question. Um, you know, I think it's it's for the first of all is is they've got an identity now. They know that they're an offensive team. Uh, they can score a lot of points. Uh, they're a spread team. So it's continuing to get better at, you know, at the things that you're doing good because there's a lot of positives, especially on the offensive side of the ball and creating, continuing to create that identity. So, you know, Terrace Marshall, one of our top four receivers, top three receivers is out, you know, four weeks at least. And, and so you've got to get that second team guy now reps in practice. And so it's a real good opportunity for second team guys to step up and get quality, quality reps with, you know, first team QB in this, in this instance uh, with Burrow throwing instead of, uh, you know, that second team guy going with Miles Brennan in practice and getting used to, mm-hmm. you know, pitching and catching and, and doing those types of things. So staying with your identity, getting better, getting those second team teamers reps and then getting tougher as a team, lifting weights and getting strong. And that's because, okay, yeah, we have an off week. That that doesn't mean we can't get better. You know, you don't want to – you do not ever want to take an off week and slough. You've got to get better. We play Utah State at home next week. We're going to be favored, double-digit favorites. So what is this? It really gives you two weeks before you pl- go up against Florida at home in a huge SEC matchup. So let's take the next two or three weeks to get stronger, especially the second-string guys, the young guys, the 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. It's they can get so much stronger in three weeks. So I think that's a big deal, too, is let's, you know, let's create continue to create our identity. Let's get better on offense uh, with some of our second team guys, get everybody healthy and then get tougher, lift weights, get stronger so that we're a better team. You're only as strong as your weakest link. Josh, we don't talk that much about LSU's uh, strength and conditioning program, but do you see them being leaps and bounds uh, um, above others in that department? I do. I think Tommy Moffitt, the head strength coach, is one of the best to ever do it. Um, you know, Saban brought him in from Miami back in 2000, and he's been there the whole time. And I'm telling you, he might have been the biggest factor for LSU's success over the last 20 years in terms of complete success factor, just because of he gets to spend so much time with these stud athletes. And the, we got such a you know, athletic team and strong, big, physical, fast, and how he preaches it and how he gets up in the morning and just wears these guys out. And there, there's nobody that works much harder than LSU, I can promise you. 
Uh, they, they do work hard at other schools, but we've got some real, real stud athletes. He's produced a lot, a lot of NFL guys. I think he's produced more NFL players than any other college in that span. So, you know, he has an incredible job. Um, the facilities are unbelievable that he works, you know, within. But at the same time, man, he gets great players because they we recruit great kids. And, you know, those coaches have done a good job, and Orgeron's continued to do a good job of bringing these athletes in, and then Moffitt makes them men. I, I absolutely agree about Moffitt was able to, uh, to meet his wife, uh, to meet Coach Moffitt at the LSU-Texas game, uh, and, mm-hmm. and certainly their entire family, and think the world of them. And you've seen it. You've seen these guys. And, and, and listen, Coach Ogeron talked about that and was was um, maligned by a few, I think, people that maybe don't really understand football from, from the inside out. And that is when he talked about we got to recruit better along the defensive line. we got to be stronger. They're beating us along the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And I think it was the Alabama game last year. And I, I think uh, certainly – Moffitt has been a direct correlation of, of that edict and yeah. he's been there, but, but when, when the head coach says we got to step it up even more, he knows we got to step it up even more. And he's a large reason for that success. He is, he is. And he's done a good job. And, you know, it's like you go through a full season and it looks like we're the biggest, baddest boys on the planet. And then you play Alabama and it sometimes doesn't look like that anymore, you know? And so, you know, it's, it's like you got to go – it's like going against the Patriots in the NFL. That's how you really can judge yourself. If you're really a national title contender, judge yourself against Alabama. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what happened last year is we got pushed around on the offense and defensive lines. And Orgeron is a defensive line guy, and he understands the trenches, and that's a big priority, and that's been a big priority all offseason. It can continue to be a big priority at LSU. We've got to get the biggest, baddest dudes on the planet – uh, to play on the offensive line at LSU and, and then when they get there to, to grow as men. So that's a big part of football. And, uh, you know, Alabama last year put it on us. So we, we've, we've got to get better. All right, Josh, outside of LSU, last week Auburn makes a humongous statement uh, going over to Texas A&M and, uh, and beating the Aggies. And really, as Gus Malzahn said, he, he kind of felt like one of the keys to that game was taking the air out of the, uh, out of the crowd early by scoring very, very quickly. And, and it kind of changed your trajectory of that game so much so that I had the rare weekend that I was home and with my dad and my brother mm-hmm. and watching football. And we, we kind of looked at each other while watching that game and thought, this isn't really an exciting game. Like it didn't, it didn't feel that exciting because it felt like even though Texas A&M had life there uh, towards the end, but it, it didn't feel nearly as exciting as Notre Dame and Georgia yeah. um, simply for the fact that, that as Gus said, they did take the air out of Aggie land very early. I thought Kevin Steele did a wonderful job. And a lot of times when defenses style, you know, stymie offenses, you know, it looks like the, the air is out of the stadium. And it's just the pressure and the preciseness that Kevin Still and the, and the defense at Auburn played with. He He's done a he, – he did a great job. I You know, Jimbo's sitting here with two losses now. Of course, they lost at Clemson uh, and, and pretty handily. But then to lose that game against Auburn in a game where they were favored, you know, that's a, that's a tough loss. And, you know, Kellen Mond was confused. At home. At home. And, and so, you know, Kevin still did a great job. Kellen Mon was confused in Auburn and Malzahn and, and the freshman quarterback and the way they run the football and keep the football away from them probably uh, 
you know, got in their head a little bit. And, um, you know, Kellen Mond doesn't look like he's having a good, as good a year as he did last year, which is, uh, is a little bit, you know, is a little bit concerning because I really thought he was going to take off and maybe be a potential Heisman type of candidate. Josh, there has been much talk about Harbaugh and Michigan outside of the SEC and their lack of toughness. Mm-hmm. I think it's really – okay, listen. Let me just break this down. I think it's really hard. We were just talking about Moffitt and, and the strength and conditioning. I think it's really hard, and, and feel free to tell me I'm wrong, to judge one's toughness and to judge mm-hmm. the collective toughness of a team. Okay, mm-hmm. I know they have a they have a a, a mental coach. It's a former SEAL team captain named uh, Captain Chaby there. Mm-hmm. I know they got a new offensive coordinator and Josh Gaddis. I know something's going on with you know it's 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 not all they lost a bunch of people on Don Brown's defense. But I think to simply say they're just not as tough as as Ohio State or they've got a toughness problem. I don't know how you quantify that or measure that. And to me, it feels like it's almost like it's trying to like measure momentum. You can't measure momentum. It is what it is. And and is is it in yeah. disarray right now over there? Absolutely. Do they need to change things? Absolutely. May it be a Harbaugh problem in, in the greater scope of things? It might be, right? Is he done better mm-hmm. than the past couple mm-hmm. of, of coaches there? Yes, he has when you look at the total record. But we also know that you are judged by being able to beat your opponent. And we also know, and you're not just your opponent, but your rival in Ohio State. We also know that they, it seems like it's been a seamless transition between Urban Meyer and Ryan Day. It does seem like that. But Josh, I just don't know how you know. It could be a million other things, but I don't know how you quantify or judge accurately and say it with a straight face, a team's toughness. Talk to me about that. <laughs> it's hard to do that for sure. You know, you, you, a team is judged by, like you mentioned, wins and then and, and losses. But when you when you, you could you could add lopsided losses into into that because you know there's been several games where they laid an egg, and it looks like you know from an identity standpoint they really don't know what they want to be on offense. You know, Shea Patterson, he's a spread guy, he comes from the spread world. They tried to bring uh, the, the offensive coordinator in there to change that offense up to 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 suit. You know Shea Patterson and then and and, and kind of like what LSU's doing, change the offense up to where they can go fast pace and do some of the things that they'd like to do with the players that they have. But you know they look ill prepared, um, and a lot of that does have to do mm-hmm. with toughness. It's like if you work hard and work smart, you go into Saturdays or Sundays in the NFL and you feel confident about every single little thing that's going on during the football game and. There's like an air of confidence surrounding the ball club. And I, I can remember back in the day uh, when, when I played for Nick Saban uh, in 2000, I didn't play with him in 99, and there was a real difference. And when we took the field, we knew that we were machines. You know, we felt like, you know what, we were as prepared as you can get uh, for this ball game. We've been through every situation. There's nobody that's worked harder than us. And a lot of a lot of that has to do with Moffitt as well on the strength and conditioning side of things. But I think you know it all stems from feeling prepared and being confident, and then fighting for the entire game. You know, it like you said, it's hard yeah. to judge a person. You know, one person here, one person there, collective. You know, as a team, but you can judge them after you know forty eight minutes or sixty minutes, and it's like you know it just doesn't look right. You know, it's. And so, you know, there's a lot of problems there. There's no doubt. But it looks like they don't have an identity. 
what you know that now their backs against the wall. I mean, Harbaugh is eight and eleven versus ranked teams coaching there. He's one and three in bowl games. He's one and nine versus top ten and zero oh and four versus Ohio State. So in big ball games, something's missing. It's like the kids think that they can't get over that hump or they're not prepared. And and I think that's a you know that's a sign of things to come for Harbaugh. Yeah, and, and I would just say this: maybe Gaddis wasn't the right fit, right? Like maybe he maybe just wasn't the right fit because program. I don't think Don. Yeah. yeah, right. Not not for that program. And guess what? Maybe he and Loxley, the whole deal with uh, with Ian Loxley, maybe it was more Lox calling the play than it was Gaddis. I don't know that, mm-hmm. but I know Don Brown didn't forget how to coach. Yeah. I know that uh, that that the same team that uh, that certainly has that we've seen glimpses of. Uh, is, is, you know, is there the same coaches, right? And they lost a lot of people to the NFL for sure. It just is interesting to me. And I think it's this very similar to Alabama and Auburn, how you are going to be judged by your rival. And that's been Auburn's thing. I'm an Auburn girl. You've been judged. We've been judged and we beat them now, but, uh, but not consecutively and not a lot. We haven't had the domination that Alabama has, but uh, you are judged by your in-state rival, and theirs is not an in-state rival, but it's just you know it's their rival nonetheless. And I think with Ohio State doing so well, it just magnifies whatever issues it might be at Michigan. I, I agree, Rach. You you said the nail on the head. I mean, Michigan's capable of building a program that beats Ohio State. You know, they they're not going to beat them every year. No one beats every you know no one beats everybody every year, but. You know, what Urban Meyer was able to run off against Harbaugh was amazing, and it, it never looked like Harbaugh really had a chance against Ohio State. And I think that's what the fans are really upset about is, you know, one and nine versus top ten opponents. Michigan, you should be in the top ten every year. That shouldn't, you know, that should not be a stat on, you know, behind his name. And I think when you know you're a capable university like, like an LSU or like an Auburn or like a Florida – and there's a lot of teams that could fall in the same category as Michigan. You cannot go in and out of the head coach. I mean, there's just too much talent at Michigan, too much rich tradition. Now you can go four and six, but you better not go one and nine. You know, that's a lot of difference. He's Josh Booty. I'm Rachel Barbeau. This has been Booty and Barbeau. We will see you next week to talk a little bit more LSU football and the slate uh, around the country. And hold on to your hats, ladies and gents. Week five, week five, week five. We always say it comes and goes very, very quickly. So you better appreciate it because uh, it is certainly uh, just uh, just whizzing by as normal. And before you know it, we'll be into the CFP as well. Josh, thank you so much. I appreciate you, my friend. You too, Rach. See you next week, guys. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. 
Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.